Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. Today is episode two of the series, How to Grow Your Online Fitness Business, or an online fitness business. I'm not quite sure what the exact well, word is. Both. But, but, but the function is the same. You're trying to grow your fitness business, and we are here to help you. Um, today, we're going to kind of dive into to ads. We talked about it a little bit um, on the at the end of the last episode, um, and, and we're just going to dive into a little bit more today. Um but before that, I think Johnny may have some riddles for me. He might not. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah. How do you know that? I, I you just, can see me Googling and reading. I, I, yeah, I can see your face just... Uh, your what has golden grin. hair? Yeah. I, I've got some good ones. What has golden hair and stands in the corner? Golden hair. I've got him. Got him. Stands in the corner. First one. Back of the net. Stands in the corner. I've got so many bad answers to this. Well, like, does a broom stand in the corner? Like, is that real? So, so that's the answer. Okay. I mean, like... <laughs> what's, what's interesting is, the answer is even a broom. And I don't think I would have said broom. Oh, I don't know why. You just said brush. <laughs> Probably, yeah. 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 Well, I'm the riddle master. Well, there you so, go. You know. That's one. One. <laughs> if you... If you have it and you show it to other people, I'm gone. What am I? If you have it, if you have it and you show it to other people, I'm gone. Is it one of those? Like, is it like a fucking secret? Is it one of those dumb ones? <laughs> What it is? A secret. They, people love a secret one. Oh my secret god! Secret is like a default riddle answer. What's so annoying about these is like you sit, you're sitting thinking about it, and you're like, "Oh well." I mean, the obvious answer is this, but it should be something more complicated, and that's exactly <laughs> well, that, no, that, that. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean anything because you could show a secret to someone; it would still be a secret between you two. So that's why I thought it might not be the, the case. Mm. Like it's not gone. Um, I don't know. I think if you are holding a secret, if you have a secret, and like the secret for the secret to be established, there has to be two people involved in the first place, doesn't there? Yeah. Otherwise, it's just your mind and your thoughts, and that's not really a secret. That's just you. So if someone sells you something, and then you have it, and then you show it to someone else, I don't think it's a secret anymore. But I don't. But either way, you got it right. like if you were to if you were to scientifically break down the states that a secret can be in, gone is not one of them. <laughs> so that, that's my issue. So it's broken. It's been yeah, broken. Or, or it's like, yeah. yeah or, so, so it's no longer, but it's no longer a secret. That's fair. Is it? It's sort of like partly public knowledge. <laughs> a bus. 
a bus driver goes the wrong way on a one-way street. He passes the cops for, for or the police for everyone in the UK. Oh. But, but they don't stop him. Why? He's walking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How did you do that? Well, that was the one. That was the one I was most excited about because no. I was like, there's no way you'll get that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, right. I, I can't drive, so... <laughs> right, just so when you think the, of going... I'm used to the right. pedestrian mindset. This is, the, this is the last one. And this is my uh, my Hail Mary. I, I'm hoping this will get you. But it's it's a weird one. What word looks the same upside down and backwards? What word looks the same upside down? <laughs> uh, I think you may have got me on this one. But like, well, so the, I mean, <laughs> the issue is, so right, it's not necessarily the word part. So I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out if it's a palindrome or if it's like a shape, like a sphere, because a sphere looks the same <laughs> upside down and backwards, right? Is a palindrome. A palindrome the, is one the, the, that's spelt the same backwards to back to front. But I don't, I don't know if it's, it's that. Like, is it actually the word itself? visually spelt out is upside down or is it the does that make sense I'm trying to work it out because because it's not a palindrome by that definition okay looks the same upside down I'm gonna tell you go on please do swims Because that, the, I'm thinking about it, that does not look the same backwards, does it? No. Because so, backwards, it's it's a different word. Smills. So I'm wondering whether it means, I mean, I get the upside down thing. Well, but maybe you have to put it upside down and then flip it backwards is what it meant. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you have to take flip that it upside the, down. the riddle council for that one. I don't know if I take that. I mean, no, that I might be right. but The riddle ombudsman. Also, what font? So this is in like a, this is in like a, like a sans serif, like a. I mean, it's a very plain font. It's not Times New Roman. Put it that way. Windings. It's not windings. It's definitely not windings. Okay. Well, I'll take. I got, I got, I got you on one, but maybe it could be disqualified. Like on a on a visual replay, that might have been disqualified on like a technicality. VAR. But, but the other ones, I think I got you. No, the other ones you got me. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm going to say I scored a point. A 3-1 victory. Might get... <laughs> might get dis- Well, but my points are worth so much more because that's so rare. That's fair. Like, mine, mine, uh, me scoring would be, in the, would be in the paper tomorrow. You scoring wouldn't be. They win it again. Oh, <laughs> every year. <laughs> oh, now man. let's talk about... Um, Advertisements scaling. and scaling. And Indeed. how how to grow your fitness business through advertising? And I think I, I actually do. I want to speak it like a, in a general way here because I think it's it's always helpful if it's something you're like 
not foreign to, but if it's something I'm not familiar with to really sort of understand what the general thing or what it might look like in the world of fitness and what it actually looks like. Does that make any sense? I'll explain it a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> but no, so like, obviously ads in, you know, their history of where they started was literally just physical billboards in a town where yeah. the business happened to operate or maybe in the town over from where the business operates. And like all of those things, all of those kind of fundamental things do sort of apply to online, but they work in a slightly different way in terms of what you can do because it's online. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, so like in the same way that advertising, putting a billboard on a motorway gets people that otherwise would never come by your shop in real life. Like, you know, otherwise they'd never walk through the door and be like, Hey, I'm looking to buy some peaches. It's a peach shop. There's a lot of those actually where I, but anyways, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, so like that, that gets people that would otherwise never see your business to go, Oh, that exists. That works exactly the same online. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the first fundamental point and, and the big, the big, big, big positive of running ads to your business as opposed to relying on, you know, a social media algorithm to put you in front of people or, you know, just hoping that word of mouth comes through is that with ads, strangers will find about the business that otherwise you would never be able to reach. And that's very important. Yes. Yeah. So I think the 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 common misconception about ads especially online ads because facebook ads and just ads on social media in general seem a bit magical and mystical and like how do they work and are they doing something that is going to just cause my business to grow magically um when really as you you put you're 100 right like basically their function is there are billions of people on social media all around the world and you can reach a, a slice of them by just making something appear on their social media. Right? And that's, that's literally it. So like your experience of scrolling through Instagram, you see a combination of things that like our companies have paid to put, to put on your feed specifically and Facebook and Instagram think, well, I think that person might be a pretty good fit for what this business is kind of asking us to do. And then it's obviously your friends and your family and like funny viral stuff as well. Um, so I suppose like the, the easiest way of thinking about it is, a typical offline personal trainer working with clients in their local town is kind of like fishing in a, in a pond or whatever, right. And in, in like your, the nearest river and the nearest bit of water you can access. Like you could probably get away with like a small net or like maybe even trying to catch the fish by hand or using like a spear or something like very manual, right. You don't need this kind of big industrial fishing operation to go to the local pond. Sounds like you've got right. a lot of experience in pond fishing, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've actually never, never caught a fish before. Oh, wow. Is that true? No, I probably have in like one of those little nets. One of those like, little nets like a, that you use. At the fair? Like goldfish? No, no, like in a, like in a, in a local river, you know, like you go with a, um, with like a little net on a bit of bamboo. Do you know what I mean? This is what Johnny I mean, does every single weekend. This is, <laughs> this well, is his active of recovery. Why? Why just do weekends when you can do every evening? Every, you know, that's that's my view. But yeah, so so if I said like Alex, you've got to go catch a fish, yeah. what would you do? 
Yeah, I'll give you to the end. The, if you got to the end of the day to go catch a fish, what would you do? I mean, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, are you asking me this personally? Isn't that in real life? What would I do to catch a fish right now? Yeah, you got the, to the end of the day. Well, so I know someone has a boat here, so I'd get out the boat. Uh, cheating. <laughs> okay. See, all right. Okay, all right. But you're going to go on the boat. Then what are you going to do? I, well, so there's multiple fishing rods on this boat, and I'd attach them and hang bait off the side. And this, wait for the this, fish is, to this is this is a brilliant analogy. All right, so, so you're on this guy's boat. Yes. Has, does he fish? Yes. Is he good at fishing? Well, I mean, the, the the rods do the work. It's all about the rod and the bait. And I mean, here where we are, it's one of the best fishing areas in the world. So you've, you've kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all right, so you're going to go out onto a a boat. That's going to take you where loads of fish are, and you've got a guy who kind of knows what he's doing. He's going to show you, like, when you use this thing and this thing in combination, you put it in the water, yeah. you'll catch some fish. All right, brilliant. So if if that were me here, and I at the end of the day to to catch a fish, firstly I'd have to probably deal with a few policemen going like, "Why are you out of your house?" Um, <laughs> I've got my net. <laughs> and I, I suppose I should clarify: it's it's January twenty twenty one. And the reason they'd be asking me that is not because I'm under, like, house arrest. It's because... Um, He's been overfishing pan- the local waters. Pan- <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic, etc. Yes. Um, and you're not supposed to leave your house. So the I would, like, probably find the nearest bit of water I could and probably get the first rod I could get my hands on and try and catch something. And I promise this is going somewhere, right? So the point is, if you're going to just catch a fish or a handful of fish you can probably get away with some pretty sketchy methods and, and for not very much experience. And that's kind of where most, from a marketing perspective, that's where most personal trainers are, are used to. That's what yeah. they're used to, right? So like they've got a, a method of getting a few clients and they think, oh, well, if I'm going to go online, then I'm just going to do the same thing with ads. Yeah. So maybe that's DMing, right, which is the, the spear phishing equivalent. I'm going to get them and I'll try and do one, one at a time and I'll miss probably a lot. Yeah. But I might get one, right? So I'm going to go out into the ocean and try and spearfish. Best of luck, right? You <laughs> throw your spear once, it's gone to the bottom of the ocean. That's the end of that game. End of that but, day. So, like, basically all social media is, is is the ocean. Yeah. And for that to, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of people that you can work with. But the stuff you need, right? You need the like the equipment and the knowledge, and you need something that's actually going to handle you need a net big enough to handle the clients. You need a process to actually get the get the clients in the first place. So you need a guy with a boat. Yes. Or, or someone with a boat. It doesn't have to be a guy. Anyway, someone with a boat um, and a way of actually catching the fish. And that's, I suppose, like the biggest... The reason I'm using that analogy is like where most people go wrong is they think that it's the same when you're, you, you go out to advertising and you can just press boost post on, on social media and magically people will come come through something and like they'll see a post on your Facebook or in your Instagram and like your Instagram and then DM you and want to work with you. Yeah. It's just not going to work because no. these people are, are totally like the bait, as it were, isn't designed to catch those fish, isn't designed to initiate a client relationship. So before ads even start to become a consideration, you need to think, well, what am I going to promote with the ads? Like when I'm going to get these people who've never heard of me before to see my business for the first time, what is the thing that they're going to see? And if you don't have something that has some kind of, like at least a decent chance of, if I get a hundred strangers to go through this, I stand to maybe get two or three clients. If you don't have something like that, 
or if that's just you on the side of the boat with the little net that worked in the pond. Right? It's, it's <laughs> just, just not going to work. Down <laughs> trying to scoop down as deep as, as deep as you can. Yeah. And I suppose like in that analogy, that is, you know, the, the, all of the offline methods of marketing that typically work. So like referral and word of mouth or um, DMing people or posting stuff on your social media and hoping you're like 500 followers, one of them DMs you. That sort of stuff might work at a very low level, yeah. but it's not, if the goal is 55, small pond maybe there's a, a few other personal trainers on the other side of the pond with their own little areas yeah but there's enough fish to go around right in the ocean there's there's tankers there's professional fishing operations you know there's uh, there's alex with his mate who's got a posh boat with all the kit on it right <laughs> you, that's that's who you're up against and so you need something something equivalent um so basically ads is is getting you out where there's a lot of opportunity and suddenly you can show your business to lots and lots of people and that's great as long as you've got a way of actually doing something with that opportunity. Because if yeah. all that happens is something appears on someone's social media feed and they're like, oh, that's nice, and then scroll past, like you spent money and you, you haven't even got a chance of making the money back. Yeah. So that's, I guess, like at this point, or initially ads were, as you say, billboards, and it was like anyone in a town or anyone who drives past the billboard. Now it can be people who are of a certain age range who earn a certain amount of money who like certain things, who work in certain industries, who work for certain employers, like it gets very, very granular. And there's all these assumptions that Facebook know when someone's pregnant before they're pregnant, before they know they're pregnant yeah. because of the behaviors. And I think Yusuf was saying that um, like Google can pick up, um, you know, when you're, uh, I think it's Parkinson's because of how your mouse moves when you're like, clicking certain things and stuff like you know it's crazy the stuff that they can know about people so that's you're asking these companies this is who i think my ideal client is and i think probably these things are true about them go and show this thing to a hundred thousand of them and hope that it works and for the fishing analogy <laughs> you know that's like saying oh i'd love to catch a marlin today and yeah. instead of going out yourself into the big old wide ocean and going Marlin <laughs> or or even like even like oh you know I heard this old wives tale that Marlins love they absolutely love shrimp now this could be completely wrong I'm not a seasoned fish, fisherman so but well, like, oh, exactly but so Marlins love shrimp um, so, you, so you put your shrimp on a hook and you just put it out in the sea and you still have the whole ocean you don't know where the Marlins are Facebook know where the Marlins are Facebook know the exact breeding ground of the marlins, and they are literally going to take your little shrimpy, shrimpy little bait and put that in front of the marlins for you. And, and, that, and that's the big power that you can, you know, when you're doing ads through a social media platform or a Google or, or something like that. That's that's where so much of the ability to target, like the ability to target, is so important because you don't. Whilst you kind of have that ability with what you're posting on social media it's still just not even going to, you know, you could have your shrimp shown to every single marlin in the sea or you yeah. could hope that a marlin swims by in your pond. Like, that's really also, the two options you have there. I, I wrote uh, an email about this a couple of days ago, like describing the sort of the multiple phases we take someone through in the business program. And I was actually talking about the on-ramp program, which is separate. It's like an intro so if you've got your organic audience, which is what most people are familiar with, and by that I mean whatever following you have on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, 
like it might just be friends and friends of friends and family and stuff like that. You have maybe two or three opportunities to promote to those people before they just start getting like really bored of the same thing. Yeah. So there's a few phases you can go through. Like the first one is the the direct offer. So there's a percentage of those people who, if you actually just say, I've got this program, I'm looking to work with some people, would you be interested? There's a percentage of them that probably are interested, but they just they, they didn't know that it was you running it or whatever. So you can run a direct promotion in that way. That's what we teach in the on-ramp. But once you've kind of expired that or used that part of the audience, unless you're growing your audience exponentially all the time, you can't rely on that. So when someone sees an influencer promoting pushy stuff all the time, if, you, if they're getting like a thousand followers a day, it's kind of valid, right? Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Like there's so yeah, well, exactly. many more people that are like, oh. Because if there's, yeah, if there's 10 in the thousand who are like, yeah, all right, then that strategy works. Yeah. Most people don't have that. Most people don't even have a thousand in total. So then you have the sort of the indirect promotion, which would be then we would go with someone and build their 14 day sequence with them. And then now you're promoting something that's free to mm-hmm. the same audience, right? So you're getting kind of the next tranche down. They come into that and they validate that for you. And they're like, yeah, that was great. I like this. I didn't like this. This made sense. This didn't make sense. But the biggest problem that people have at that stage is like, if you design, if you're Matt Rose swim coach and you're designing <laughs> a program for a specific uh, demographic, but you don't have many of that of the, of that demographic in your just organic audience. Sometimes it's it's a struggle to kind of get enough of the right person in. Yeah. And that's what you can instantly solve with ads, right? So if, if, your, if your market is Marlins or if you're a swim coach and your market is, what is it, mums who jet ski? Yeah. Is that right? So, <laughs> Mumsy Jetski. We, we are really suffering from uh, Matt Rose's niche selection. That's <laughs> a really difficult analogy to talk about. I've, it I, is. Actually, I, I spoke to Matt Rose recently. He DM'd me. <laughs> uh, he DM'd me the other day. Has he changed niche? He has changed niche. Thank, oh, thank you. God. Thank <laughs> God, Matt. Well, no. So it was actually it was you know it was busy parents who want to lose weight in the in the pool. That's sensible, Matt. That's that's. that's, that's they, do they have to be. Do they have to be in the pool? Well, they, have to be, they can be in the sea. They can be in any body of water. They, they, want, right, to swim. Okay. they want to swim as a, wef- a method of weight loss. That's kind of what they want to do. Yeah. So, he, so I suppose that the biggest challenge with like getting... Because the next stage after that is, is like, well, once you've got this thing that works, mm-hmm. this sequence that works, then it's like, well, I, I no longer have a problem finding busy parents who want to use swimming to lose weight because there'll be millions of them. Yeah. The, the biggest challenge is that kind of initial phase. So you might have to compromise a little bit to get something validated. You might have to compromise a little bit on exactly your target market. Mm-hmm. But as you get out to advertising, you can be as specific as you want. And it's one of the, I suppose, the things that's hard to conceptualize is what a, like what even a thousand people looks like, right? Or 10,000 people or a million people looks like yeah. because you're used to the gym floor. So you're used to your clientele in a gym or at a, boot camp or whatever that's like that's 30 people that's a lot of people or there's the population of your town in some instances the population of your town would be so small as an audience that you wouldn't even turn an ad on like it wouldn't even be worthwhile so in terms of the opportunities and what ads provide is if you think well i want to work with this sort of person and i've built something that i think is interesting to this sort of person that kind of helped to solve that problem and it it demonstrates that to them and actually it's going to encourage them to buy something within a a reasonable period of time all these platforms and basically online advertising allows you to make that viable. Yeah. Whereas it would have otherwise never been, it's obviously not viable in your, in your local town for most, in most cases, 
and it's really not viable with just your personal social media. But with advertising, suddenly it does become viable. It does become viable for like anybody to work with anyone, really, as long as they're on the internet. As long as you can deliver the service over the internet, then it can work. No, exactly. So, and, sorry. I, I, no, I, no, I, I, I was just going to say that, and, and the important distinction there in terms of like making the advertising work for you as a business is obviously like it costs money to advertise. Like you have to pay a platform to put your ad out there. But as long as you can, as long as you're advertising something that dependably gets you a few clients, then it's absolutely fine. If you're just advertising, as you said before, if you're just advertising like your great infographic about nutrition and you're just putting that somewhere, that's fine. More people might know about your business and you might be slowly growing that pool of people, that that little organic media pond for you to dip your net in. But it's still that's still not what you should be advertising. I, I think like when people think of ads, they think, oh, yeah, I'll just put this. You know, I'll, I'll just put my social media and I'll just drive more traffic towards my you know social media posts. That's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about, as you said before, that kind of sequence um, that you've curated to figure out, to convert the people that are less sure of who you are. Um, yeah. Kind of. We, sorry. Which is just the, the less sure like analogy in your organic market. Like that's that's the same as someone who's never heard of you before. If, yeah. if anything, like someone who knows knows about you, but is a little bit less sure about you um, is going to be more likely to buy than someone who's never heard of you before. So um, I think there's, there's kind of two sides of, of the advertising world. One of them is the, the brand side, which is mm-hmm. like what BMW and Coca-Cola do, right? Yeah. Like they aren't running ads to try and sell a can of Coca-Cola to you. Otherwise they can't afford to pay for advertising. <laughs> like the, the holidays are coming ad sequence that gets run every year at Christmas by Coke. That's not designed to, break even on their ad spend with with coke sales although i'm sure it works but that's like awareness right and if you're a big brand and you're at that point that's the goal is to just get people to hear about you smaller businesses where you know it's you're not you can't afford to drop 10 million a month on ads you've got to be right if i'm going to spend 500 quid i want to make that 500 quid back as fast as possible you're probably not going to make it back on day one Mm -hmm. and you're probably from what we've seen not going to make it back shorter than a two-week time frame for someone who's never heard of you before because you've got it there's stuff to overcome right there's questions there's like just exposure to you as a person and a what's this fucking online coaching then <laughs> exactly exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like that's i think that's you get something... that in comments a lot yeah <laughs> but no, i think that's something very important to know that like when you are advertising you're advertising to a stranger and you have to convince that stranger even if they are within your niche that that what you're doing is worthwhile to them, that what you're doing is going to help them solve whatever pain that they're, you know, or, or whatever problem they're trying to conquer. You know, if people are trying to lose weight by swimming and they've just really struggled to do that before, you've got to convince them within whatever time window. Like, if you could do it in 10 seconds, great, but we found that that doesn't really work. You can't just suddenly... Someone's like, oh, great, yeah, I don't know who you are. Here's, here's 100 quid a month. Like, you know, that, that doesn't work like that, um, which is why... Sorry, I'm sorry for cutting off you off there, but no, no. why that kind of the sequence is important. That that 14 day window, kind of what can you do after you've got them into your world through an ad? What can you do for 14 days or maybe a week? You know, whatever it ends up being specifically, what can you do to help get them over the line in terms of being like, "Yep, no, I was interested in this a week ago, and now I'm convinced." Yeah, and it's like think think about your own behavior when you buy stuff. So. Everyone's probably had an experience where they've bought something 
on a bit of an impulse. So they, you know, and it's it's usually physical stuff mm-hmm. or like very low price things. So something's and th- threshold's different for everyone. But let's say less than ten quid. If it's something that's like interesting or you think might be worthwhile, you might just swipe up on an Instagram ad and buy it if it's well targeted. But the higher the price goes, there's kind of two sides. It's like the pain of the problem mm-hmm. and the price of the solution. So if the pain of the problem is massive, you'd probably be willing to pay more. But there's still this worry that like, well, the last time I bought something like this, it didn't work. Yeah. The last fitness product, the last supplement, the last like gym I went to, whatever. Obviously, the reason I'm paying attention to your ad is things I've tried have not worked. Otherwise, I wouldn't be listening. So there is inherently a trust problem that you have to overcome. And yeah, like we've done, I mean, we did analysis on a, on a separate separate side of things in propane about if someone buys within a, within like the first six months, how roughly how long does it take them? And it's about 14 days, which, you know, and you see that across so many things, like so many trials of bits of software and so many programs and like apps on the app store have a 14 day free period associated with them. Mm-hmm. Because that's generally how long people take to kind of have enough of an experience of the of the process before they are okay with with buying it. So yeah, I mean you, you're going you're going to be going up against um, other coaches who are trying to do things quicker as well and trying to do things with like uh, book a discovery call or download my free ebook and that sort of thing. So if you've got something that's very value heavy that you can promote for free and you know if I put five hundred quid behind this, two weeks later I might get seven hundred fifty quid back. Mm-hmm. 750 quid of people who are going to be paying me monthly, maybe not all of them, but three quarters of them are going to pay me monthly. You can then start to justify spending more and more on the ads. And ultimately, like if you're building up a a body of recurring clients, you don't have to spend money on ads every month. Yeah. It's this like, it's the analogies used a lot in marketing and it sounds a bit unrealistic, but it is literally like turn the tap on when you need more people in, in the business, right? right? When you need more leads, when you need more emails, when you need more, uh, buyers you can just attract people through a process but all of this hinges on like ads are great but without a 14-day challenge or something equivalent to that where you know it converts at this percentage so for every 100 leads i get five customers if you don't have that relationship ads are not going to make it work yeah if anything it's a very expensive way to prove something doesn't work <laughs> which is why we <laughs> to why we go out to sort of organic audiences first so you kind of built this brand new shiny thing like, well, where's it most likely to work of anywhere on the internet? Probably the people who kind of know who I am. If I can't get it to work there, why would it suddenly work with ads? Yeah, the Marlin Pond. The Marlin Pond. That would be unless, a very uh, weird pond. But... Yeah, be an intense pond. <laughs> unless, unless there are no Marlin in your pond. That's the only time where... Because we do work with people who go straight to ads in a very kind of low-risk way. Yeah. Because the people they're trying to work with are so specific. They don't have anyone in their market that would fat would that would would match that so at that in that point like seeing if what you have is going to catch a marlin when there are no marlin probably not going to work anyway yeah not particularly useful <laughs> exactly but yes so that's ads that that is ads and i mean and that's the thing is like it's it's the if you can get it to work it is easily the most dependable way to scale yeah yeah i mean I think people hear that, right? So that they're aware I should be running ads and they maybe go onto the ads manager on Facebook and it's complicated. And then they see an ad on, on Facebook for like 
we'll get you know we'll get you leads and you don't pay unless we get you leads or something like that some kind of ads agency like pay-per-click kind of service mm-hmm. and think well that'll fix my problems so they've got their business up to the point where it's like 15 clients through organic promotion they're all online they're all managed in true coach everything's going brilliantly and they think well how do i grow i don't i can't figure out the marketing i'll hire an agency and what the agency does is write ads for you in a way that Oftentimes, anyway, they write ads for you in a way that doesn't really match your voice, your message. That's the thing that's going out with people that have never heard of you before. And it's usually going to like an opt-in and then a, a call booking. And you're, yeah. you end up having to speak to random people who've never heard of you before, who read an ad that was written by an agency two days ago, who have no context. And now you're on the phone with them trying to sell them something expensive. Would you ever buy that? Pro- like, probably not. So just running ads or kind of defaulting to, oh, well, I'm just going to pay someone to help me. Like, I get that. I get that kind of how you arrive at that decision. But unless the fee for the agency is a a tiny percentage of the profit you would otherwise be making. So if you're spending like 50 grand a month on ads and making 150 back and it costs two grand a month for an agency to run your ads for you, fair enough. Like your time's probably better spent elsewhere. That makes total sense. But if you're spending 500 quid a month on ads and the agency costs two grand a month, Unless the agency's got some kind of like Harry Potter spell book for running the ads, like probably you're going to lose money. So all of this is to say ads are really, as far as we're concerned, like the way to grow your business online. Like it's way more dependable and easier, to be honest, than trying to basically become famous through growing your audience. But you have to have something that allows you to make the money back and you have to understand how to do it yourself. Beautiful. Well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. So okay. we, we, we've got a couple more left in this series, and we're going to cover some of like the, the mindsets you need to scale, some of the decisions making maybe around scaling, um, or, or even some of like the, the day-to-day concerns that you need to think of. Because, I mean, personally, I know a lot of people miss the, miss the wood for the trees um, when trying to make stuff happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I yeah. think we're going to talk, talk about some of the stuff surrounding that. Um, in the next few episodes but otherwise it's been great uh, completing most of your riddles johnny and i'll, I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> well yeah and if you've got if you are kind of in the in the zone of um you know you've got an online fitness business that's at the level that you're kind of happy with but you kind of want it to grow and you've got questions or things you'd specifically like us to answer just get in touch probably instagram or email is the easiest way um to do that and we'll answer those questions. Ah, beautiful. Speak to you soon. Bye. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. 
If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.